1: The Walk Pod. Good to have you all along with us. I'm joined by my co-host Ian. Ian, how are you getting on mate?
2: I'm good mate, really good. Happy to get one Premier League game out of the way. Um, not a positive result, but I'm happy to get it out of the way. Made our debut know.
1: You say it's not a positive result. We'll pick up that later, but there are positives to be held within that result. And Matt, producer Matt is with us tonight as well. How are you getting on, Producer Matt?
0: Yeah, I'm doing, doing really well, thanks, Holly. I had a lovely weekend down in Brighton, watching the game, hanging out with some friends down there. Uh, I definitely felt all right after the game. Didn't feel like a 4-1 thrashing, but, you know, there were definitely positives that we could take out of it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, let's jump straight in and have a look back at the Brighton game, as well as the other news around Kenilworth Road this past week in our new segments. I heard it through Rowan's Grapevine. So let's start with some one word reviews from the fans. We had hundreds of these across Twitter and Facebook. So on Twitter... Justin Hill, miracle. Andy Peacock, learning. Patrick Brennan, onward. Ian Selkirk, baptism. Ryan Bell, historical. And on Facebook, Alexander Nyheim, unavoidable. Ian Perner. fitness. Mark Bowen, emotional. Chris Hood, perspective. And an overwhelming amount of people across Facebook and Twitter have simply said, proud. So, Ian, which of those words stick out for you?
2: I think the latter of all of those, I think it's, it's proud, um, to dial that down. I I think obviously it's, it's not the result we wanted, but going into the game, I felt like I just didn't want us to feel lost and we didn't. Um, we put in, you know, positive performance for large parts and in large spells of the game. Um, and there was a lot of good debuts there as well for us, it's, but but even beyond the game, it's just proud for for us to make our debut in the Premier League. Um, it's something I I never thought would ever happen, um, and it has. So how can you you be anything but proud from that?
1: Yeah, you're right. It's it's mad to think that we are in the Premier League. Well, for for me, baptism kind of jumps out, and that was actually the theme of the article that i wrote for the bbc whereby it was a baptism because it was a baptism of fire Town got punished and the levels between the championship and the premier league were shown there in my opinion anyway because if you aren't on it for 90 minutes plus the stoppage time you will get punished and the, the talking points of the Brighton game, we, we looked at it in the post-match space and we, we digested it mostly, but just to stay upbeat and run through the statistics for the game, we managed nine shots, eight in the box. Morris is up and running, which is a big positive. We maintained a 72% passing accuracy, 87 passes completed in our own half, 81 completed in their half. We won seventy one percent of our tackles, and that's nine tackles. In addition to that, nine interceptions, five blocks, twenty seven clearances. Defensively, we were all right until we lost concentration. Um, but Ian, what were your thoughts on that? Like a couple of days on.
2: Yeah, I said it in the space. Um, you know, there were some encouraging signs there, and I think the stats show that. Uh, I would, I would possibly say lost concentration is slightly unfair. I think just the, the the mental tiredness and the tiredness from actually competing in the game probably got the better of us. But I think that's, you know, a learning process. You've got to it is a completely different league and you've got to learn to manage the game in a different manner. And I think that will come. I don't think I'm concerned about that. And I think once that comes, the tightness of the games then become, you know, a lot tighter than than it was on Saturday. I think for me, I went away from the game and I felt, you know, okay, there's clearly some obvious spaces for improvement in certain areas and in the game management. But it's nothing that we can't fix within the realms of our our possibilities and our our budget and people that we're potentially going to bring in. Um, So, yeah, I'm actually, you know, like I said, and I keep saying it, I'm encouraged by that performance and what I've seen because... The gaps that I saw, I think, are fixable for us.
1: Yeah, yep, I completely agree with you. Um, th- there's definitely nothing to, you know, start reading the Riot Act about. So Alan Shearer made some comments on Match of the Day, which have gone round the Luton Town fan base. It was clearly obvious he hadn't watched the game. He'd probably just watched the highlight package and maybe scanned through Mob or Live score just to look at, xg numbers and whatnot but have you just found the 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 mainstream media have been very patronizing the past few days
2: i think that you're going to get that narrative uh, especially about luton because we've not been in the premier league before Um, although we're in the you know the the top division many moons ago uh, that's all but forgotten, you know? So the narrative is that the team's down the bottom. You've got to have something to talk about. You've got to spark a conversation. If that was Man United that lost 4-0 to Brighton at the weekend, the conversation wouldn't have been the same. The narrative wouldn't have been the same. Um, I'm yet to go look look back at Man United's 4-0 loss to Brighton and see what the comments were, but I, I would hazard a guess they wouldn't have been similar to what was made up against us. But, I just think we need to rise above it, you know. Um, the the thing is with the media and fans of other fan bases, is even if we survive this year, um, if we do it by the skin of our teeth, it'll the narrative will always be well, it was uh, an easier Premier League this season, or they they've only just done it, they're not gonna do it again. So we're always gonna face that uphill battle we did in the in the championship, but we got promoted. Um so let's just concentrate on ourselves. Let's concentrate on what we're good at. Let's just support the team. You know, let's try and get over these comments from ill-judged pundits, you know. I like Alan Shearer. He he normally speaks sense. I don't think he did. I don't agree with every comment he made. Some of it was was fair enough, some of it wasn't. Um, so let's just move on, you know, we're going to get it all season. Best not to let it wind us up.
1: Yeah, for sure. If it had been on Monday Night Football, I mean, if Luton Town had played on Monday Night Football, I'm sure he would have watched the entire game and he would have been able to make a more informed decision. Look, it doesn't take away from the absolute clusterfuck that was the third goal. Pelly's the first to hold his hands up and and say look, I messed up there and that's fair. He knows, he. essentially, you make a mistake like that, you know not to make it again. And um, I would say, defensively, I guess we were naive, especially for the third goal. The fourth goal, you you could just tell, like, as you say, the players were flat out emotionally knackered as well as physically knackered. Um, But where where do we improve, improve for the next game, do you think? well we
2: we've got two weeks on on the training ground now and I, d- I know that's not always a positive and and pelly intimated towards that in his post match that you know some people like to keep the of games running uh, regularly but um we have got quite a lot of new additions and we've probably got a couple more coming in within the next couple of weeks. So it gives us a chance to bed in and and get fitness levels up, maybe get a couple of pre-season uh not preseasons, but friendlies on the go in that in that space. I I assume we'll probably have at least one closed door friendly with somebody. So it gives us a chance to do that. I think, you know, we're we're entering another league now like we did when we came from League One to the Championship, there was that transitional period where we had to get used to the the pace of the game, the technicality of the game we're having to do that again and we it's not just going to happen overnight um, so the proof is in the pudding, we've got to get on the pitch and there might be a few tough results in the offing in the next few weeks but I think we will get there and it's all about time spent on the pitch on the training ground um, and getting them, them players gelled together um, like I said, I there's no major concerns for me, I don't think, from what I've seen so far. But we have only seen one game and it was against a very good opposition. Although in saying that, I don't think they're at their best either, but they're they're at a good level.
1: The the blueprint for Brighton is definitely there. And I actually made a a big call earlier today when I was chatting to someone and I said, I you know, I reckon Brighton will finish top four. And I made the call, I said Man City, Arsenal, Newcastle, Brighton. But we all know I don't make the best calls, do I? I said Adebayo would uh, outscore no. Morris this season. Yeah, good start there.
2: Um, I, I'm not sure that they'll they'll be top four. I don't know because there's obviously some good teams up there, but I actually fancy them to do okay in Europe this season, especially with their style of football. Um, so I bet them to do well, and, I, and I'm pretty sure they'll be up there in the top 10 somewhere um, maybe qualifying for Europe again you know I'm pretty sure they probably will do um, but they're a good team and they're improving um, and they've got a very good model you know something we'll always kind of aspire to to work towards
1: yeah 100% uh, I mentioned that in the BBC article as well Tony Bloom just has it completely sorted he, he knows exactly what he's doing off the pitch and on the pitch, Roberto De Zerbi is ticking all the right boxes. Um, in, in a way, I think it's a positive that one of our relegation rivals, someone else that's also on zero points, um, that, that's who we're up against next game. And they, um, they, they've also, well, because they're playing us, their game is postponed. So it, it helps that we're going to have someone else there that's 100% going to be on zero points. When, when we play in game week three uh, but moving on to transfer news we've been linked to zach viner of bristol city according to bristol live and our name has been mentioned along with glasgow rangers and southampton um do you think he could step up to the premier league because we do need a center back
2: i do uh, and I actually think he's a similar player to Lockyer in a way. Not um, defensively in the air, but the the way he breaks out from defence into midfield and, and carries the ball a little bit. Something we liked with Smith. Um Lockyer does it a bit, but Viner seems to like to carry it again into that final third a little bit more. He's got a little bit more quality Um, once he carries it further up the pitch, which is great. He'll spray it out wide and then you know, get chances created that way. I think he'd be a really good addition, actually. Um whether he's available to us or not, I don't know. Um, whether he's actually on our radar or not, um, the proof's going to be in the next next week or so. But I actually think he'd be a really good addition. I don't buy into this nonsense that, oh, he has to be a, a Premier League-ready player. You know, sometimes that's just not our, our model. Uh, you look at Brown at the weekend when he came on, he looked like he'd played in that div- division for for a while you know um it's all about getting the right players in for the longevity of our football club not just for one season but premier ready level player because he might be one that then goes next season if we do get relegated so it's all about getting the right balance to our squad i think he'll add that to that that right centre-back role for us um i think it'd be a good addition yeah what about you yeah
1: well i i agree with you um but by all accounts, Zach like Viner's had a, a good two seasons with Bristol City. He can step out with the ball. And from the last game against Brighton, it was very apparent that Mads Anderson, although he's a good player, he is most definitely not a right centre back because it did leave Bore isolated against Matoma and Stupinyan for pretty much the majority of the game while, while he was still on the pitch.
2: It did. Uh, I don't know if I'm of the foster. that he, he, he can't play at right centre-back. I, th- I don't think he had a particularly strong game. I think it's one role that he'll probably grow into. Um, is he 100% ready for it right now? It's not looking that way, but we've just got to give him some time and some faith, you know. Um, is he being thrown into deep end now because we're light? Yes, probably. Um, was he expected to be a starter? I don't know. Um, But I think he will get there. He's got all the attributes to do that, and he'll work hard to be able to get there. So I'm not going to write him off at right centre-back just yet, but you know, there was work to be done, certainly. He was definitely one of the holes for us.
1: Oh, for sure. But you you could tell Brighton were just sort of targeting that area, maybe because Matoma is their their star player, Um, and Estupinan is also a, a very good player. That's probably where most of their attacks were coming from in general um i know Matoma bags um, a lot of points uh, in fantasy (laughs) it was it was quite brutal and kabore had a had his job cut out for him
2: yeah let's not forget as well you know he was going up against some top quality players and you know we, we won't play many better teams and i've said it before than brighton this year um it was a tough start um like you said it was a baptism of fire um not just for Luton, but for Mads as well. You know, he's coming up from playing League One last year. So, you know, he there's going to be some adjustments, period. There will be some mistakes. He will need to get up to speed, but um, I'm confident that he will. But we do need some more recruitments in that area for me. Yeah,
1: but regardless of whether that's Zach Viner or any other right centre-back, it's it's unlikely they're going to be coming in straight for the Chelsea game. That They'd probably need a few weeks to bet in.
2: Well, it depends on on who that's going to be. Um, We didn't necessarily think that Brown was going to come in and and have some minutes. He he could potentially, you know, Kaminsky did as well. I know he's had some time at at Blackburn, but it depends who it is, whether he's been playing regularly or not. all depends. Viner has been, hasn't he? I think he had a good game on Saturday as well, by all accounts. So um, he might be ready to step up. Who knows?
1: Yeah. Well, you mentioned Kaminsky and uh, potentially we got a number two coming in through the door. Um, Birmingham were unable to seal a replacement for John Brady. so Tim Krul, who we've also been tracking for a while, the 35-year-old had a medical with Luton Town, and it looks like we've got our hands on a second-choice keeper. Are you happy with that?
2: Yeah, I think either of uh, of him or Ruddy would have been half-decent. I think it's, it creates a good, strong... Goalkeepers Union. I said so on Twitter that you know there's a lot of Premier League experience there. I think he's had is it 200 appearances or something like that. Um, so he's a he's a he's a strong asset to the goalkeepers Union. I think he will be coming in as number two. I would assume. You know Kaminsky has had a, a strong start. I think he he just adds that little bit of um, ex- Premier League experience to Kaminsky and being in that environment and also obviously is a, is a good reserve goalkeeper for us. So um, in, in case Kaminsky's is down or he's injured or, you know, he's not playing too well. So, and he can yeah, say more on that, so. on, on that strong handy.
1: start that you mentioned for Kaminsky, it was interesting to look at the numbers. Um, so Kaminsky made eight saves and the goals, they were pretty much impossible to save. So you had the penalty that um a penalty has an xg of 0.70 meaning uh, out of 1000 penalties 700 will be scored and kaminsky got fingertips on that and then for the remaining goals they had obscene xgs so um simon Adringer's goal 0.77 xg evan ferguson's goal 0.90 xg and Solly march's header 0.86 so they pretty much all of Brighton's XG was carved out from those four goals. So we did exceedingly well to pen them back. Just just going back to Brighton for a second, but we we're going to move on from Brighton now. I, I assure you, it just goes to show how solid Kaminsky was, and I, I do think Krull will be a good second choice. Um, he, he has got an abundance of Premier League experience. Sure, he hasn't been playing for Norwich too much this season 16 games last season he's very experienced interestingly he's on the he's 15th place on the all-time save list in the Premier League with 691 saves he's also eighth on the all-time most goals conceded list he's tied eighth with Jordan Pickford Uh, he's conceded 371 goals so that's a lot of experience and he's play with norwich who are who for the most part have been a relegation threatened side so he can bring that experience with him as well it's just good to have as much premier league experience as you can around the place in my opinion and hopefully we see him brought in soon and the club are making moves and bringing in people so we can get everyone bedded in as soon as possible in my opinion
2: no 100 percent um you know i I felt like he had a a good start. He looks like a Premier League goalkeeper as well, I think. Um, it was a difficult game for him to come in and on his debut and, and concede for, but it, it is what it is and we'll move on from that. But, um, yeah, no, I think he's, he's a good addition and I think uh, he'll probably be, yeah, be announced tomorrow or the day after, I think, will not he?
1: Yeah, very, very likely. Very, or today, very when this goes up. Yeah, if you're listening to this, um, expect uh, Tim Krul to be announced imminently. We've also been linked to Cameron Archer of Aston Villa and allegedly we are one of two premier league clubs in for him alongside Sheffield United. Uh, according to Lyle Thomas from Sky Sports, Luton Town would prefer a loan, but Aston Villa want to sell. That could be a good bit of business potentially for us, Ian.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh... I think so. It's one that I would actually be quite excited for. Um, decent player, very pacey, someone we could bring on maybe later on in games. Um, probably take a, a, it'd be good if it was a loan with an option to buy. If we stay up, um, that would be um, a great bit of business for us. People say we're overloading in that area, but I, I get the feeling that he was, that Rob Edwards was maybe, looking for another option and that's why he's, he's kept McAtee around just in case maybe another option didn't come in. And I think if, if Archer was to come in or someone different, then that would then pave a way for McAtee to go out on a loan. But I think, yeah, it brings something slightly different. Um, it gives us some much needed pacing attack, um, towards the end of games and he can score as well. You know, he, he scored nine in 20 games for Borough last season. Um, that's a good return, you know. It's more than Adebayo scored for us in the whole of last season. So, um, yeah, it would be a good addition.
1: Yeah, well, you said he'd but be I'm, an option I'm not off, the off the bench. Would...
2: Yeah, off the bench, off the bench. Yeah, I don't think he. Re- he, he you he comes honestly in and replaces Adebayo.
1: Do you honestly think that he would happily move to Luton Town to be an option off the bench?
2: Um, I don't know if that's in the discussions. Uh, I don't know if he's guaranteed a certain amount of games. I don't think so. I I don't see him in taking the place of Adebeo right now. I don't. I yeah. don't see him as a starter. Do you?
1: I I would I would see him as a starter if we signed him, mainly because of the pedigree, because of what he's done last year. Like I I I think back to that game against Middlesbrough B last season. And he absolutely roasted us. Balls over the top, bread and butter for him. He was onto them every single time. Bit of a cornic, though. He had a bit of trouble staying on side.
2: Yeah, the, the, the thing is, our players is, is more than just goals, right? Adebayo is more than just goals. And I think if if he, I mean, obviously, he doesn't replace Morris, does he? So it would be Adebayo. Um, you're losing a lot, a lot of hard work a lot of intelligent play that's been knitted into the DNA of that team by taking Adebayo out. I just don't see it personally. Um, I see him more as as an impact player coming off the bench and maybe if he gets a good run and and that's just how the season goes, he might, might start, but you know, don't see initially.
1: Yeah. Well, it's definitely one to look out for. I imagine Sheffield United will probably beat us to the punch because they're quite desperate for signings. They've, lost quite a few important players although they did bring in gustavo hamer which is a good one but sure bring in one of the better championship players into your premier league team it's not a a guarantee for survival or success um so i i get the feeling that sheffield united will push quite hard to sign cameron archer and and fair play to them if they do that i imagine we are as well because it's just so important to get the quality in and I don't mind being stacked up top because it just gives us even more options and we need the options
2: yeah um I don't think it especially if it's alone I don't think it it makes us really really stacked it just gives us more 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 options you know we're gonna need depth in in this league yeah we're not got as many games as we've got in the championship but um the intensity of them um means we're gonna have to use subs we saw that on saturday um and i know it's the first game of the season but you know i'm sure we'll see that theme throughout so it'd be a good addition for me
1: oh for sure but let's let's move off from transfer news and talk about Kenilworth Road, shall we? So the bobbers' seats have been delivered and they're being placed into the bobbers, and it's good to see some real progress happening at the moment. Um, and the pitch is looking good. Um, it's amazing what they've managed to do considering it was under slabs all summer. Um, the pitch is also looking good. It's amazing what they managed to do considering it was under slabs all summer. And uh, according to Luton i Premier League, we're in today. They checked it over. They've given it the okay, So just under two weeks until Gillingham come to the Kenny. Excited to be back. Take a look at what Gary Sweet and 2020 have done to our beloved shithole.
2: Yeah, it's looking good, isn't it? Some of the pictures. I didn't realise as well till I saw some pictures today that the uh, underneath the stand in the Bobbers actually goes down a bit more. So you've some, got a little some, bit of height sorry, there, which Ian, is really good. Some
1: some pictures. You mean the pictures that I sent you?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, some of them were really badly constructed. But yeah, no, no, there were some, some good pictures. Well done for that, mate. But, um, but yeah, it was good to see the, the actual spatial height that they've got underneath that stand, which I assume that the canteen and all that kind of stuff will be going under there for all the media. Um, you can see there were plasterboard all that out and they've, they've squared it off. It's so it's looking good. And obviously the seats are going in, um, which are all kind of half fabricated into rows anyway. So, um, so they'll go quite quickly, but more importantly, the, the, the pitch is looking really, really good. Um, and I was always kind of confident that it was going to be sorted in time, but it's actually looking pretty decent. So, uh, So, yeah, great work to those guys.
1: Yeah, when I saw the pitch today, it absolutely blew me away in how good Nick it looked. I looked at it and I thought, how the hell have they managed to pull this off in such a short space of time? It was only under germination sheets a couple of days ago, and it looks like a carpet. It's unbelievable. And fair play to the ground staff for having done that.
2: Yeah. And it uh, just goes to show you, just don't have a doubt, Luton Town or 2020, they, they said they were going to have it done. It looks like it's going to be done. Um, and there's some good other external work that's been done as well to um, the main entrance uh, down the back of the main stand under the bridge. And also, obviously, out, outside the Kenworth Road end, there's some stairs going up to the top. Did you say that's going to uh, the the where the media are going as well?
1: yes there's going to be a couple of studios up there so currently it's just a staircase a big staircase that leads to a wall but i imagine they're going to cut a hole into the back of the kenny ends and then there are going to be some studios up there it's amazing what they've done because you go there and it's it's i wouldn't say unrecognizable but it's amazing compared to what it used to look like and i'll have to pull some pictures out and show you guys later because w- what it looked like at the end of last season where i was really tired it, it looked like it hadn't been touched since the 1980s where it probably hadn't and now it looks fresh the the um the cladding is beautiful the, the- all the rust has been sort of sprayed off the the, the side it looks fantastic. It really does. I, I can't wait. Can't wait to get back there.
2: Yeah, it's looking really, really smart. It's like when you put your Christmas shirt on, isn't it? Christmas and once a year, you just look really, really smart and changed compared to your scruffy old. So I'm not speaking about you. I'm speaking about me, obviously, Ollie. But, um, but yeah, it's looking good. Um, I, I can't wait to go. Um, and see all the changes and see how the dynamic of the atmosphere changes with the Bobbers going to be open as well. That'll be really good. Um, Hopefully we get a few people making some songs in there. I might encourage the other sides of uh, Kenilworth Road to to start having a little bit of a sing-song as well. But, yeah, no, kudos to uh, Luton Town 2020 and and the work they've done. Um, It's exceptional to see what they've done in such a short space of time and with such consideration as well of... You know, not making it look ghastly, making it look, you know, in tune with what Kenilworth Road is.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, but that that's all the news this week from around Kenilworth Road. Now it's time for Discord and Telegram questions.
0: Yeah, cheers, Ollie. Uh, we've had some actually really good questions that have come in. So we're pretty excited about this bit and also interested to hear what you guys think. So the first question came in from Matt LTFC from the Discord. He said, what role does Barkley feel within the side? What proportion of his game time will come from starts versus impact sub appearances? And does a midfield containing Barkley and Chong as two of three leave us vulnerable? Ollie, over to you. That is
1: an interesting one. Because you'd think Barkley hasn't got the legs to do the running that Helly or Clark would offer. And Chong just, um, it feels like he's still working his way up to fitness. Um, in my mind, we are working towards a Barkley, Chong, and Nakamba midfield three. I have no idea how Rob Edwards is going to work it out. I imagine Chong and Nakamba are going to be sitting back Barkley's just going to be ahead, sort of linking it to the strikers. But potentially, it could leave us vulnerable. It depends how much work Barkley wants to put in, because essentially we, we have no no passengers in our team. Barkley's going to be expected to put a shift in, just like the other 10 players.
0: Ian, how about you?
2: Yeah, similarly, I think you'll have uh, Nakamba um, in defence midfield and then maybe Chong and Barkley in that in that role just behind the strikers so I think but I do think that um, Chong will have a little bit more licence to play and I think Barkley will kind of stick um, to his kind of zone if you like and start to dictate a bit of the play and just bring some of his experience and cute play to, to the team I think yeah has his legs gone I don't know he's 28 he's had a few injuries and a few little niggles and bits and pieces is that going to be a factor I'm not sure it will I think he You know he hasn't played loads of football over the last couple of years, so that might have helped him. Um, Let's just see. I think he'll be slowly integrated. I think though, Um, he certainly I I can't see him at Chelsea. I think I I think it will be Gillingham. He might be on the bench against Chelsea, uh, but I do think you know we'll see him maybe in the behind closed doors friendly if there's one, and Gillingham. But yeah, I think he'll he'll be used in more of a. uh, more central role where he can kind of dictate the player and not be as free with his play and try and spank a few goals in as well.
1: Yeah, building on that, Ian, I, I think it's it was Arsenal Wenger that when he had um, Glenn Hoddle at Monaco and he said to Glenn Hoddle, why are you coming back into our half? I want you staying in their half and we will defend for you and we will get the ball to you and then you make stuff happen in their half. In my mind, as you were talking, I sort of felt potentially that that is what the the, the role that Ross Barkley can play for us.
2: I think that that would be the most intelligent thing for us to do. By all means, I don't think his legs have gone, but I don't think he's going to be as sprightly as the rest. So I think we've just got to lean on his experience a little bit, try and... Allow him to keep the structure in the midfield while you know Chong and Kabare can link up on that side and Giles. I just think that that's just how it's going to work um, as and when he's integrated. Um, and he's clever at that. He's cute. He can he can he can spray a ball for you know fifty yards and it go directly to the player's chest or whatever. He's good at that. He did that at Chelsea. Um, he did that at Everton. You know all the time, but he was doing it at Chelsea only a year and a half
0: ago. So. Um, I think he can do that for us too. Okay, next question is from Sam on the Discord. He said, thoughts on our centre-back options. Do we think Bell can start a season at left centre-back? He said, personally, I'd prefer Osho there, even if he is right-footed. Ian? Uh, Bell starts there all the time for me. I don't
2: think think there's uh, any hesitation in that for me. Um, I think he's made that role his own. Unless, for whatever reason, which I don't think we would, he would have to go into the the left wing back role. Um, We've got Giles and Doherty there now. So, no, I think that's his role now for me.
0: And you, Ollie?
1: I agree. Um, People might be hitting the panic button about Bell because of that first goal against Brighton. But at the end of the day, that ball from Matoma was inch perfect. He put it on Solly March's head. He barely had to jump. Lift had the perfect amount of lift just to go over Amari Bell's head even when Amari was jumping. I have no issues with Amari Bell at left centre-back. He He's phenomenal there. Sure, it's the Premier League. He might get found out. But I'd much rather have a left footer there.
0: Next question is from Lewis on the Telegram. He said, Clearly, we need to bring in another centre-back. In his opinion, a first choice. Who would you bring in? Can it be a loan or a free agent or a perm signing? Assuming the fee would be in the region of 5.5 max based on the other signings. Ollie.
1: Um, I'd love for us to bring in Jaffet Tinganga. Right-footed. He's got pace. He's athletic. He's played Premier League football before. And allegedly, he's been told that he can leave Tottenham. I think it's almost too perfect, to be honest.
2: Yeah, he would be a good option, but I also think Zach Viner would be, you know, a good option as well. Um, I think he suits us athletically. I think he ticks most of the boxes of what we need now in terms of that right centre back. Um, he also, you know, he he likes to take the ball out. He can leave that little bit of pressure. Um, he has no problem in going past one or two defenders, uh, one or one or two midfielders. Um, so for me, actually, I think he would be a really good option. Um, that's kind of who, who I'm pinning my hopes on at the moment. OK, the next question
0: was from Liz on the Telegram. And she said, who do you think might start losing minutes through not being at Premiership level? For example, with a heavy heart, does Pelly fall into that category? Ian. Uh, I hate
2: to say it. You're probably right, not because he's he's not good enough. Um, I just think I don't know. I think we just need something different sometimes. If anyone's gonna, I, then it might be him, but most most probably Mads. To be fair, but um, but I do worry for um, Pelle. I, I, I want to see him play every game, but um, I do worry for him, um, especially if. Uh, parkley gets up to speed it seems like a a natural transition to to put him in there if that's the case but that said up until the the, the their their third goal um for 60 minutes he was absolutely solid um pelly and actually he, he seemed to have a little bit more pace than usual i'm not saying he's exceptionally fast but his pace was um considerably better than last season so he you know, for fast proportions of the game he had, but I do worry about him just because of who we brought in, but um but in in the long fall, probably mads, I would say, but maybe um Pelly as well,
1: yeah, not not too much to add there it's It's not so much that Pelly isn't up to Premier League level, but you can't you can't keep playing players that we've had from the conference or league two mainly because we we brought in all these shiny new things in in the shape of Barkley, Chong, Nakamba in the middle of the park it doesn't mean Pelly's not going to play a role this season same as Luke Berry you know they're still going to get minutes and and Dan Potts as well I'm sure he when he's back from injury he he will also have a role to play but you know as as the question says it You know, it is with a heavy heart because these people are looting through and through and it'd be a big shame to see them missing out on game time. But at the end of the day, they they know that we're in the Premier League and we're here to stay and they will still play a vital role this season. They will.
0: Okay. next question is from DBDB on Telegram. He said, whose stock value do you think will increase this season? Do you think any existing or new signings will go up significantly based on what we've seen on the market? Anyone you think we can make big money on versus our spend on them? Ollie,
1: I, I have the feeling that Ryan Giles is going to get absolutely snapped up come the end of the season. His performance from a statistical point of view, the amount of crosses that he puts in, the amount of chances that he creates... Someone's going to come knocking. I don't think it's going to be Wolves, although they have that buyback fee in the contract. I don't think it'll be Wolves, but I think someone will come in for him, possibly one of the big six, because a pacey left back that has a wicked left foot and can whip a ball in on the run, they're like gold dust. And I think it's going to be a big, big season for him. We saw that against Brighton. And I feel even when we struggle to perform, I think I feel he's going to be one of the big performers every single season, every single week.
2: Okay, and Ian, uh, I've said it before. I don't I don't disagree with Ollie there. I think Giles will have a very good season. His, his stock will go up, but in terms of net profit on on what we bought them at, I actually think Tom Lockyer is going to have a another exceptional season, and he will start to get noticed. Um, so. I actually think that um, I know he's not a, a sexy sign He's not a Ryan Giles or anything like that. He's just a centre-back, but I just think that he's going to be pivotal for us this season
0: um, and he'll get noticed, no doubt. Okay, and then a follow-up from DBDB. Uh, it was the second question. Do you see us increasing our buy, develop, sell approach, much like Brentford and Brighton? Ollie.
1: Of course that. That is what we're aspiring to be. Gary Sweets has, um, has mentioned Tony Bloom to be an inspiration many times. And just look at what he's done. They bought Moises Caicedo for $4 million. They just sold him for $115. That is genius. And, of course, almost every team in the football pyramid wants to replicate Brighton's approach. And in terms of increasing our approach for that, I think that's what we've been trying to do, but we just haven't we haven't found that sweet spot of selling a player at the at the, the peak of their of their um, actual value, that the the saleable value. But fortunately because now we have more money to to chuck at salaries and, and contract protection, now we can do that because we have some weight and some some financial weight behind us so yeah that that's 100% what we're going to be doing from now on
0: I think another great example is probably Matoma who I think Brighton picked up for about three million so I think they're going to see quite a tidy return on that uh Ian how about you
2: yeah I think it's obviously it's a model that we're we've already kind of based ourselves on um and Brentford really I think the the challenging part is gonna be is broadening our horizons and going from a pond into, you know, the big sea and, and going abroad and this you know, casting the scouting network a lot further than we are now. We're not just we're not gonna make that kind of money or those kind of strides just on British based players or ones that are settled here. Um, and I know it's a it's a it's a it's a tough stride to make because you know, we tried it with Sluger and the, the player relations and making sure they're settled and it's hard and it's difficult and we haven't really got the structure for that at the moment. Um, so I would imagine that's something that's that's in our mind, um, but it's just how we do it. We've got to do it probably little by little and not just all at once. Um, so it's a, it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, but we, you know, to, to start making big strides and making tons of profit like that i think we need to you know not just be british based players we need to go abroad as well
1: great questions as always thank you matt we'll see you again later um if you want to get your questions in just head over to the walk telegram or discord server but now let's talk about some of our monthly giveaways from our sponsors So Beard Surgeon Beard Oil comes in a set with a wide selection of scented oils and moisturiser that you use together. Unlike other beard oil companies, Beard Surgeon uses cannabis sativa seed oil as a key ingredient that supports skin barrier, strengthens your hair follicles, keeps inflammation at bay and minimises the breakouts on your skin. It also makes your beard feel and smell excellent. We have a beard oil set to give away this month, make sure you're following our socials. If not, you can always get 15% off on your purchase of Beard Surgeon Oils through their website using the code WALK15. We've also teamed up with Blackstar Amplification as our audio partner. We're giving away a Bluetooth Fly 3 amp every month of the season. These Fly 3's sound great. They are also lightweight, they connect to anything from phones to guitars. So even if you're not a musician, you have a boombox wherever you go. Keep an eye on our socials as we have lots of giveaways going on through the month. But Ian, why is this podcast different from all other podcasts?
2: Because there's a joke in here.
0: Okay, so I'm going to tell you guys a joke that I heard when I was in Brighton from my uh, favourite Irish... Uh, Brighton lover um, He said This joke and I couldn't stop laughing So let's see if it works on you guys A rabbit walks Into a bar and goes up To the barkeep and says Can I have a pint of Guinness And a cheese and ham toasty please The barkeep obviously very shocked By what he's seeing uh, Says uh, Yeah sure let me, let me just get that for you So he pours the pint And serves him the toasty uh, this happens for the next few days. So we get to the Friday, and the, the bunny comes back in again, and he says, oh, can I have a pint of Guinness and a ham and cheese toasty, please? The barman says, yeah, sure thing. He pours the pint of Guinness, gives an egg, gives him the toasty. The next day, on the Saturday, the rabbit's ghost walks in, and the barman says, oh, my God, what, what happened? And the rabbit says, I guess that's what I get for mixing my toasties. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. It's good. Oh dear. This is dear. It's a good dad joke that I'm definitely, definitely going to use that one.
1: Shall we look ahead to our next fixture against Chelsea then? Well, we're two weeks out. So we will have more in this section next week, I would say. But just a quick question to you, Ian. Is it a concern that we won't have the continuity of a Premier League matchup this week? Um,
2: No, I think it's... I I touched on it earlier. I think, obviously, it it can go one or two ways for some players. They they like to have that continuity and, and match days all the time but I actually think as a whole it gives the the squad a bit of time to work together again. Um, obviously we've had some incomings I think it just gives us time to regroup and spend a bit more time together on the training pitch so I think overall the actual bigger picture will be it's a good opportunity for us.
1: Yeah. Yeah I, I, I tend to agree with that. I'm I'm just a bit concerned although I, I also mentioned it earlier it's good that the game that has been postponed is against a fellow relegation rival, so it sort of takes the onus off us when we're not sat at the bottom of the table with zero points, because we'll have company. In in various, um, very, assu-
2: very assumptive to say that Burnley are one of our relegation rivals. I don't know if they are going to be. Well, it just
1: came up. Didn't I know they? they
2: currently are, but yeah, I know, but they, they they've recruited well. Um... They've got a good philosophy on the football pitch. I I I, I see them more mid table. To be fair, I don't see them as one of the ones that are going to be around us. I think there'll be a a significantly bigger gap between them uh, and, and us come the end of the season. I think, but but it's nice to have a team. I, know, I see what you're saying. It's nice to have a team that's below us for another couple of weeks. It makes us feel that little bit better.
1: Yeah, it's good to have company. It, it means we won't feel like we are sort of being left pun. behind <laughs> it means we're not going to be left behind right at the beginning of the season um, but I guess we'll have more insight about it next week hopefully we have a behind closed doors fixtures um, one or two hopefully just to get minutes and legs and, and work on shape and whatnot. not um, but I guess I guess we can look at it more next week but Let's wrap up this pod with a game of Hatteraw Loa. Hattera Loa is powered by Hatter's Heritage, a website that does the important job of preserving the history of our club. They always need volunteers, so you can check them out or get in touch by googling Hatter's Heritage. And that's exactly what I've done to get the names and appearance totals for 20 Hatters. And then I ask, who played more, Player A or Player B? The contender, this week it's producer Matt, then has to guess who's made more appearance for the Hatters and try and get as high up on our leaderboard as possible. And you'll be able to check that out on our website. It's now time to play Hatter or Lower. Matt, how are you feeling?
0: Uh, I won't lie, I'm pretty nervous. Uh, Ian did a, a good score last week, so something to beat.
1: Yeah, with some of these, it's, it's just a case of flipping a coin, really. But let's go ahead and play Hatter or Lower. So, Matt, who played more, Jake Howells or Keith Keane?
0: I'm going to play my game slightly different to Ian. I'm going to not think about it quite as much as he did. I'm going to say Keith Keane.
1: Incorrect. Jake Howes 334 games. Keith Keith, 285. Who played more? Scott Cuthbert or James Bree? I'm
0: going to go with James Bree.
1: Correct. Scott Cuthbert, 111 games. James Bree, 143. Who played more? Martin Craney or Fraser Franks?
0: I'm going to go with Fraser Franks.
1: Incorrect. Martin Craney, 50 games. Fraser Franks, 34. Who played more? Michael Harriman or Alex Lacey?
0: I'll go with Alex Lacey.
1: Correct. Michael Harriman played 39 times for Luton Town. Alex Lacey, 51. Next up. Who played more? Luke Guttridge. Or James Justin?
0: I'm going to go with JJ.
1: Correct. Luke Guttridge played 74 times for Luton. Sure, they were memorable games. He was a sensational player. James Justin, 114. Next up. Who played more? Ross Lafayette or George Grant?
0: I'll go with Lafayette for this one.
1: Incorrect. Ross Lafayette played 14 times for Luton Town. Felt like more, felt like an eternity. George Grant played 22 times for Luton. Next up, who played more? Jason Cummings or Tyreek Baconson? Jason Cummings. It's a tight one there, but you're incorrect. Jason Cummings played five times for Luton. Tyreek Bakinson, six times in total. Who played more, Paul Benson or Elliot Lee?
0: I'll go with Elliot Lee on this one.
1: Correct. Paul Benson played 85 times, Luton Town. Elliot Lee, 124. Next up, who played more, Callum McManaman or Jake Gray?
0: I'll go with McManaman for this one.
1: Again, it's a tight one, but you're incorrect. Callum McManaman played 26 times Solution Town. Jake Gray, 28. And the final question. Who played more? Kazenga Luar Luar or Ryan Tunnicliffe?
0: I'll go with Tunny for that one.
1: Incorrect. Kazenga Luar Luar played 87 times. Ryan Tunnicliffe. 68. So that leaves you with four out of ten. Good job, Matt. That's not too bad. Not I, too I, bad
0: at all. Are you happy with that? I'd like to say thank you. I'd like to say thank you for targeting the uh era that I've been a Luton fan. So thank you, Ollie.
1: No problem. We try and cater this for everyone else, but when when Roger Wash does this eventually, it's gonna be Dating back to eighteen eighty five for him, seeing as he curated Hatters Heritage, will make it nice and difficult for him. That's all from myself, Ian, and Matt this week. You can listen back to our post match phone ins across all podcast providers and over YouTube. Please check out our socials. We are Luton Town on Facebook. We are Luton Town on Twitter. We're Walk Pod on Twitter. We're also on TikTok, Instagram, Telegram, Discord, and Reddit. You can find all of these on our website, we are Follow across all our socials to be involved in monthly giveaways including Beard Surgeon Beard Oils, Black Star Fly 3 Amps, and Luton Town shirts. Thank you all for tuning in. See you all next week.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.